Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. In this podcast, you'll learn actionable strategies to deal with infertility from Dr. Michael Chapman, or Prof as he's affectionately known. Prof is the co-founder of IVF Australia and is a leading Australian infertility specialist who has helped over 3,000 couples realise their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. That first cry of a baby born after the long journey of IVF remains one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. As an obstetrician and an IVF specialist, I've had the privilege of experiencing this over many thousands of times in my long career, but I still remain moved by each baby's first cry. It signifies the end of a long journey and the beginning of a new life. This is Professor Michael Chapman, co-founder of IVF Australia and host of the IVF Journey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To access all the previous episodes, head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. So today's a big day. Human Reproduction, which is the premier journal for infertility research in the world, has published a paper from IVF Australia on artificial intelligence and the selection of embryos. So computing really now has come of age in our laboratory and the results are impressive. We're getting better pregnancy rates because of it. But the story is an interesting one. Artificial intelligence is a growing specialty within informatics and young people, a mathematical mind, are putting themselves into scenarios of using AI because they understand it, unlike old guys like me, and coming up with solutions. So a young man, in fact a medical student at University of New South Wales, uh, was listening to a lecture from our senior embryologist. And in that lecture, the uh, embryologist was saying that the way we pick embryos is by looking down a microscope and looking at the shape of, of the cells and the number of cells and and making a guesstimate as to whether it's a good embryo or not. But with that technology, or lack of it, it's the eye of the beholder, the scientist who's trained to look for the best embryo. Success rates in women under 38 per embryo have been around 35 to 40%, and it hasn't moved really for the last five years. So he was giving this lecture and decrying the fact that we couldn't do any better despite various ways we use in the laboratory to improve things. So, for instance, the most recent application of technology has been what's called time-lapse photography. So we can now watch an embryo from the time of fertilisation all the way through to the five days of creation of a blastocyst. 
every 15 minutes a picture is taken and the cell divisions that occur from one cell right through to two or three hundred cells can be viewed in a time-lapse sequence and for the last five or six years scientists have been looking at those images and seeing which cell division perhaps might tell us about the best embryo but it turns out it doesn't help. So this young medical student also happens to be the son of a professor of mathematics came down to our scientists at the end of the lecture and said I think I can solve this problem for you. I can look at those images, I can get the computer to look at the images and I think we can come up with a formula that will produce a diagnosis of the best embryo. So we gave him the images of over a thousand embryos, something like a million images. And he went away and in his garage he built a supercomputer. Problem with the supercomputer was that it overheated all the time. So he had to think about how he was going to cool this supercomputer to enable it to deal with a huge amount of data that it had to digest. So he got two swimming pools, children's swimming pools, and ran a pump that kept the computers cool. But three months later, he had solved the problem. Having been given the data of pregnancies that had got to a heartbeat, so seven or eight weeks of pregnancy, we told him which embryos were successful of these thousand-odd cycles. And he fed that information into the computer plus the million images and he was able to produce a score, a percentage chance of an embryo being the best embryo to put back. It isn't proven in randomised controlled trials that it works, and, but that's what we're planning. But what has happened is that in IVF Australia we have three laboratories. We initially injected nearly $2 million in the last 18 months to get the embryoscope, that's the time-lapse photography, on every embryo that we create. And now those images get fed into his big computer and within 30 seconds, those blastocysts are being graded as having a percentage chance of success. And by picking the one with the highest chance of success, in the last six months, that 35 to 40% that I talked about has risen to 45 to 50% across all age groups. And in the younger age groups, it's getting up towards 60%. So here we have computer technology helping our scientists to give the best chance of success in that first embryo transfer. And today, as I said, that early research has now been published internationally. The question of whether it ultimately improves pregnancy rates, however, is still debatable. Because if you've got three embryos and you're trying to pick the best one, certainly AI will improve our chances. It's better than the embryologist, even the most skilled embryologist, in picking the best embryo. But ultimately, we're not going to throw any embryos away, and we'll ultimately put those three embryos back. So probably it's not going to make a difference to the cumulative pregnancy rate from a given IVF cycle. But what it will do is make it happen sooner. And for every infertile couple... The reason they're coming to see us and having IVF is they want to be pregnant as soon as possible. So it will certainly make a difference. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select 
IVF Journey podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF Journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.